Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I woke up one morning and the image of the flag came into my mind. And I got up and drew it out. And a week later, I had the first trans flag. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Beauty Translated. This week marks the end of another beautiful season of our show. And I can't think of a better way to close out than with a two-part interview with a major trans trailblazer. The woman who created the trans pride flag, Monica Helms. Her wife, Darlene Wagner, also joins us for an enlightening chat with those who have made history and brought us to where we are today. Without further ado, here is the wonderful Monica Helms. So thank you both for being here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Thank you. Monica had been working with Dallas Denny, who was publishing Monica's writing in Chrysalis and Tapestry, TSTV Tapestry magazines, much of which you can easily access today thanks to digitaltransgenderarchive.net. She quickly became a well-known activist and thought leader on trans issues in the late 1980s and into the 1990s. I spent eight years in the Navy, served on two submarines. I was married and had two sons, and now I have four grandsons. I transitioned in 1997, so I've been living this life for quite a long time, my true self. And I was an activist in the trans community, mostly for trans veterans, co-founded a organization, the Transgender American Veterans Association, and also, oh yeah, created the trans flag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Created the trans pride flag, which is huge. Yes, Monica Helms was the first person to create a flag that would unite the entire trans community. The entire LGBTQ community was already represented under the famous rainbow flag created by Gilbert Baker in 1978. And today, the community has more than 90 individual flags to represent the individual communities under the rainbow flag. You've seen it, you know it. It's as simple and beautiful as the rainbow flag before it. Two blue stripes followed by two pink in the middle and a singular white stripe at the center. 
I was born in South Carolina, but I wasn't raised here. Spent most of my life in Arizona. I think I read that you returned to South Carolina and the military. And was that around the time you started transitioning? No, you don't transition in the military. Well, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Not not in the 1970s, but I discovered who I was. When we say back then, it wasn't even that long ago that trans individuals had to fit a certain mold in order to be given treatment to begin transitioning. It's thanks to activists such as Monica, Dallas Denny, and many before them that we have the freedom from medical gatekeeping to access treatment for ourselves as trans people. A freedom that is slowly being reversed in this country state by state, just like many other freedoms that women have gained in the past. But I didn't have a name to it. There was no name for it back then. But I did know that if the Navy caught me dressing as a woman, they would kick me out. Around the time that you discovered who you were and you realized that this was your true self and you had to keep that hidden for a while, what was that like for you? Well, you know, just uh, had to make sure that any of the things that I had for dressing up would be well hidden someplace. But you see, at the time, I didn't realize that I was a uh, transgender woman because one of the things that would have given me away would have been my attraction to men, which I was not. And so... In the 1980s, I thought I was a heterosexual cross-dresser, but my wife wasn't too thrilled about any of that. Yeah, and back then there was a lot of gatekeeping around who could transition. Exactly. And if you were attracted to women, then they were less likely to give you access to transition, right? Yes. And of course that's changed for the better now, but yeah, that's a challenge that you had to live with for a while. Exactly. Soon Monica would find herself in Atlanta and close to the home base of Dallas Denny and Aegis, the American Educational Gender Information Service. One day, believe it or not, something told me I had to leave Phoenix. And the job that I had there was a long-distance operator for Sprint. And I could see the writing on the wall that long-distance operators were not long for this world. So I looked around and found places in Atlanta that was still part of Sprint. And so I got, I transferred, but I had already created the flag before that. Well, first of all, I didn't create it for the trans community because I didn't know whether it would be popular or not. So I was having dinner with Michael Page, which is the person who created the bisexual pride flag. And he said that, you know, the trans community could use a flag too. And we talked about it, and he said, uh, the best thing is to keep it simple because the least amount of stitches, the uh, cheaper it is to buy and cheaper to sell. Because back then, they weren't silk screening flags back then. They were stitching the individual colors together. And so about two weeks later, I woke up one morning, and the image of the flag came into my mind. And... uh, I uh, got up and drew it out. It looked really good. And I contacted the people that made the bisexual pride flag, and they sent me swatches. And I picked the swatches out, and a week later, I had the first trans flag. 
Everybody was asking, what's that? What's that? And I had to explain to them, this is a transgender flag and the colors mean this. Light blue is traditional color for baby boys and pink is traditional color for baby girls. And the white in the middle is for those who are non-binary or have no gender at all. Gender non-conforming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But see, the, some of those terms weren't, weren't invented back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, along the way, I had to change the meaning of the white stripe to be with whatever is current today. Yeah, because now there's an, its own non-binary flag. Yes. Um, which I guess there wasn't when you made the trans flag. Exactly. Yeah. It, there's like 90 different flags that represent people in this community. How do you feel about the significance of flags for a movement or for getting a point across? Is there importance there? There is importance. And I'm also on the board of the uh, Gilbert Baker Foundation. Gilbert Baker was the one that created the rainbow flag. And uh, this board is to help to promote all the different flags and to promote the rainbow flag and... uh, I feel that it's a very important organization because it helps to fight the hatred towards LGBTQ people. And the flags are some of the things that help us to show our, our, our loyalty in our, ourselves. When you debuted the flag in 2000 and people were very curious about it, it caught on quickly. How do you feel like we have progressed or even maybe regressed as a community since then and since everyone's like adopted it? How do you feel like things have changed since then? Well, I didn't realize that it was being popular until uh, 2013 when I started looking at pride across the, the world. And I started seeing the trans flag in places and and colors, the trans colors. And I'm going, whoa, this is interesting. I mean, it really surprised me. And uh, now I've seen the flag on every continent, including Antarctica. The only two flags that have been shown on Antarctica are the rainbow flag and the trans flag. Seeing her flag's colors in every country, on every continent even, proved that what it stands for is in fact present in cultures worldwide. Monica knew that what she had created was a significant symbol of a movement and had earned its place in the history of human civilization. So in 2013, I said, oh no, I have the original flag. I need to find a place to put it so it'd be safe. So I decided to um, start at the top and contacted the Smithsonian. And the Smithsonian was just starting to collect LGBTQ items. And so they were interested in this. And I had to tell them all about the flag and all about me because they don't just want you to give something. They want to know about the people that donate. They want to know the history of this person. And, And they do bring it out occasionally for various reasons to show. For maybe like trans day of visibility or remembrance. Very, yeah, various things of that nature. And August 19th is the day I created the flag and was actually the day I ended up donating it to the Smithsonian 15 years later. So that's uh, Transgender Flag Day. That's awesome. August 19th. August 19th. I wanted to ask you about another flag (laughs) that is a newer flag. I know which one you're going to be talking about. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break here, listeners. When we come back, 
Monica and I talk more flaps. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. And we're back. I wanted to ask you about another flag <laughs> that is a newer flag. I know which one you're going to be talking about. <laughs> is it okay if we talk about the progress flag? Yes, and you'll get negative responses from me about That's it. That's fine, because I personally don't love the progress flag myself. And I want you to share your, your honest opinions about it, because I have some opinions about it, too. Well, there's more than just opinions. There's uh, the fact that... Uh, the guy that created it, Dan Quasar, what he did was um, he made it a copyrighted flag. So people have to pay more for the flag, more for the design. Companies can't use it without you know paying money for it. And every every other flag that's out there is was given to the community as free to yes. use public domain. Second of all, he didn't even have the. Uh, courtesy of contacting me and said, I want to use your colors in my flag. I probably would have been okay by, by if he asked, but he never did. And now he's making money off of something that I created. Right. Which you never even sought to seek yeah. profit on to begin with. And so um, this is not a, we're, we're not very happy, the people, those of us at uh, the Gilbert Baker Foundation, though officially they don't they don't say anything about it, but it's definitely something that um, everybody is uh, you know upset about. Yeah, and I think even uh, I'm a younger trans person, I'm a younger LGBT person, and I've seen the introduction of the progress flag. And initially, I wanted to be excited about it, but once you learn about the fact that it's copyrighted and you have to license it for a fee and all of that, that is very, um, it's kind of the antithesis of what we want as a community, right? Um, and then I, another thing too that I feel like is interesting about the progress flag is I feel like it, and I don't know if you feel this way, but um, I feel like the rainbow flag was already including of everyone. 
Yeah, well, see, now that's something that I, I have an analogy for that. I look at the rainbow flag like the uh, American flag. And all the other flags in the community are like state flags. So the rainbow flag includes everybody. And then you have your own individual flag for your own personal Right. Feeling. So it's almost like it was an unnecessary addition. Yeah, you know? he was trying to be inclusive, and then he ended up with something that looked a little um, ugly. The other thing about it, too, is that it was updated within the same year to include the um, intersex flag. And then it was updated again to include the umbrella for sex workers on the flag. And in my opinion, and I think a lot of young people that are watching this happen, it's almost like it's never going to be inclusive enough. Like we're just going to continue to update that progress flag until it looks like a quilt of some kind, you know? Yeah. Does it feel that way or? Oh, I, I just like, I, I didn't like it originally and, and I'm not going to like anything that's uh, updated. So, you know, it's, uh, to me, it, it would be very useless to use it and, you know, stick with the rainbow flag. Um, and um, if, you know, you want to show your own colors or bisexual flag or trans flag, whatever, those are, that's important too. The spirit that lies behind a symbol is important. It is this spirit that allows the message that the symbol represents to fully wrap its arms around a group of people. While the progress flag was created with a spirit that was about personal notoriety and profit at the expense of the message, it is no surprise that it ultimately failed to be as inclusive as it was trying to be. When Monica created the trans pride flag, she understood the importance of the symbol's spirit and being unified by it. And today, the original pride flag, in all its elegant simplicity, still unites everyone under the LGBTQ umbrella. Do you feel like the trans flag is more important than it has ever been? I feel that it, yeah, it uh, definitely helps. I see it at all these protests that are out there, you know, protesting uh, bans on gender-confirming health care. And, and now Florida's gone to the point where they get uh, banned gender-confirming health care for all adults, and every every trans person, yeah, yeah, and uh, and everyone is losing their healthcare providers in Florida. Texas is trying to do the same thing, where it's they're making it basically untenable for for doctors to perform gender affirming care. Um, how do you feel? Like, what do you think is a way forward for us as a community in all of this? Uh, vote, <laughs> yeah. Don't vote for anybody that has an R in front of their name. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we're looking at, um, I mean, I'll just say it. Ron DeSantis is a Nazi. Yeah. He is a full-out Nazi. He's doing things that Nazi Germany did in the 30s. Yeah. Banning books. And he wants to have a register of transgender people. Yeah. So. Which is alarming. You know what, you know what that leads to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's alarming and it's, it's terrifying. And I think in 2024, we're just going to continue to, as the presidential campaign ramps up, it's just going to continue to be more and more 
difficult for trans people, I think, as these things get talked about in the public. Yeah, we're even thinking of moving. Really? Out of Georgia, yes. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and how long have you how long have you lived here? Since 2000. And Darlene's been here most of her life. Yeah, because this is where you were raised, Darlene. Right. Yeah, wow. Darlene Wagner is Monica's wife. And as we're both lifelong Georgia natives, I felt connected to her. Here's Darlene. I have lived in Georgia for an overwhelming majority of my years. I spent a little time in in the western states between undergrad and graduate school. And I started Georgia Tech just down the street from here, graduate school, in 2004. And in 2012, I graduated from Georgia Tech with a Ph.D. in bioinformatics. Bioinformatics is basically computer science applied to biology and DNA sequencing. Tell her when you transitioned, started your transition. I'll get around to that. (laughs) (laughs) At present, I work at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention doing bioinformatics. It can get a little boring for me because I'm a real people person. I'm not your stereotypical introverted scientist type. Computer person, yeah. (laughs) I was reading about you and I saw that on your blog, I think you had from like years ago. You said that the, the two books that you live your life by are the Bible and nature. Do you care to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Well, I have really been into nature and the outdoors since I was very young. Everything, dealing with all the dysphoria I had growing up, being out in nature had a healing effect on me. So I tried to spend as much time, as much of my free time camping out and hiking as possible, especially in my late teens, early 20s. One time when I was 19 years old, I went on a 95-mile hike. Wow. It took five days. Between undergrad, where I went, I went to University of North Georgia for undergrad, got a degree in both biology and mathematics. After that, I worked in Arizona, Texas, Montana, and Alaska in wildlife management type work. And then... I decided that I'm more of a people person than an animal person, so I came back to Georgia to do grad school. But as for the Bible, it has unfortunately been a fraught relationship between the LGBT community and the Christian Bible. I'm going to come out and say that. The Bible is used to beat up on us routinely. However, the people who use the Bible and misuse the Bible to beat up on us don't actually know what it says. The Bible, I have read all of it through and through. Multiple versions. There's the old King James Version, which the people who hate on us like to use, but there's also the New Revised Standard Version, the New International Version, and my favorite version, the Young's Literal Translation, which are much more accurate 
in light of the ancient scrolls on which the Bible is based. The ancient texts of the Bible never at any point mention the concept of eternal damnation to hell fire. That was a concept that was made up out of thin air by the Catholic Church and picked up and expanded upon by fundamentalist Protestant churches. They are perpetuating a false doctrine that God, or whoever the higher power ruler of the universe is, condemns certain groups of people to everlasting rejection in a place called hell. That is not in the Bible. The scripture is very liberatory, very emancipatory, tells the good news, the good tidings of great joy to all people, and how Christ, whom I believe to be the Word made flesh, the Bible and Jesus I think of as practically interchangeable, they came to seek and save. They came to save the world and not condemn the world. The whole world, not just a few chosen, privileged people out of the world. So, to make it simple, I want to say to all LGBT people out there, all my sisters, brothers, comrades, everyone in my community, that whoever it is your higher power is, God, goddess, universe, you are tenderly and amazingly loved. You are not going to hell, no matter what the haters say. The haters are wrong. They are as wrong as both the scripture and nature are true. You are loved by God, and if there is a life after death, we will all be reconciled together in the divine, living in joy forever. That was beautiful. Ooh, I got teary. <laughs> she gets carried away sometimes. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Well, there are a few things that are worth getting carried away on. And yeah. I also wanted to bring a little bit of good tidings yeah. during this time of fear. I think we need it. Darlene, do you want to talk a little bit about your transition story? Or Oh, yes. As I said, I went to grad school at Georgia Tech between 2004 and I graduated in 2012. I transitioned in 2009. That was in the middle of grad school. That was around the time I was taking my PhD qualifier exams, and my professors were none too happy with my decision to change my appearance, change my name. But I had the deans and the college administration on my side. I am fairly skilled at working through bureaucracies. Which is kind of half the battle as a trans person, <laughs> is working through those bureaucracies and uh, getting what we need. We must be master diplomats, master negotiators, because that is probably our superpower. We can always put on a charm offensive. And so 2009, I transitioned or started transitioning. It was the middle of grad school. 
It was rough. However, I had the advantage of being a grad student. They can't fire a graduate student. Soon afterwards, soon after starting transition, I met Monica. And it was, uh, my life has been so much richer and more stable and happier since. So you two have been together now for how many years? 2009 to 14. 14. Wow. Wow. And are you married or? Yes. Okay. When did you guys get married? 2016. Wow. It was already legal, but a certain orange-haired fellow won the election to the White House. We were afraid that gay marriage would be taken away, so we figured we'd run and get married in the courthouse as soon as we could. It's sad and scary, but it is another one of those things that points to the strength and adaptability of our community. We are more than just bodies and minds and ideas or ideology we are a natural phenomenon a force of nature if you will governments cannot stamp out a force of nature thank you darlene for those powerful words we're going to take the last break here and we'll be right back presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. And we're back, beauties. You make music for trans liberation, is that right? Yes. Uh, well, I try to. I'm, I'm very shy. I'm not into the gay bar scene. I'm not into the drag scene since I think of myself as full-time living as female it feels kind of it would feel kind of silly to me getting all gussied up in a sequiny gown and then sing my folkloric rustic type music in a glitzy glamorous 
downtown bar. It, it just, it just aesthetically, it just doesn't all fit together. So I, I, I really haven't really found much of a venue in which to perform my songs. I, I like to sing of goddess of nature, which is a, another interesting thing about my spirituality. I used to be Wiccan because I, I thought, well, that's a good nature-centered religion. But then uh, I, I got more into Christian and Jewish scriptures and realized that whatever God or goddess or universe out there there is accepts us all in the traditional Christian notions of condemnation and judgment are wrong. So I had no more excuse to turn my back on Judeo-Christianity. So I went back to the tradition I was raised in, with some modifications, of course. Right. No more hell. Right, and damnation. Um, and were you raised Southern Baptist? Yes, Southern Baptist slash Methodist. As soon as I got my driver's license, I said goodbye to my parents' Southern Baptist Church and went over to the Methodist Church down the street. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, it's a lot more chill there. I'm assuming not right. a, not as a hellfire and brimstone. Yeah, I, I much preferred hearing sermons about baseball than hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I grew up Catholic, and um, that was about the same. <laughs> so. I, I I also was raised Catholic. Yeah. So yeah. I I say that I was. Uh, religiously abused when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm traumatized by, I say I'm traumatized by religion, you know? Yeah, um, yeah well, we ought, to have, we ought to have a trans group for recovering Catholics. I agree, actually. Yeah. I know a lot of recovering Catholic <laughs> trans people that have really been through the ringer in the church. I'm always interested on the subject of spirituality and transness because so much of religion or mainstream religion and the people that preach it are preaching an anti-trans or an anti-gay idea of their religion. But I'm always delighted to see other trans people embracing their spirituality in a new way that is accepting of their identity. Because we really should, I mean, if your religion is exclusive to certain people, is it really the kind of church you want to be in? You know, like if it's telling you that these people are bad. Um, How does your church grow? Exactly, exactly. All right, listeners, if you enjoyed that, then please tune into part two of my interview with Monica Helms and her wife, Darlene Wagner, in your feed now as we talk about their marriage and their relationship as two trans women in the South. Beauty Translated is hosted by me, Carmen Laurent, and produced by Kurt Guerin and Jessica Kreinchich, with production assistance from Jennifer Bassett. Special thanks to Allie Perry and Allie Cantor for their support. Our theme song is composed by Aaron Kaufman. Beauty Translated is proud to be part of the Outspoken Network from iHeart Podcasts. For more iHeart Podcasts, listen on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.